Let's try to admit. Okay. I have no idea what the hell's going on, but all right. Anyhow, like uh, the title says for tonight's episode, uh, the best laid plans do go to hell. I'm just saying. So anyhow, welcome everybody to another awesome edition of BB Nation Radio. I'm your host, as always, coming at you live from the Cowboy Technology Studios here in Oregon City, Oregon. My name is Jadeup, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts. First off, the sexy girlfriend, Miss Mariah. Oh, sexy girlfriend! And also my fellow U.S. Army veteran and outdoor expert, my good buddy, Jonathan Toll, a.k.a. the Dapper Zapper. Stop rookie bitch! And last but not least, as always, our producer, the high-tech redneck himself, the man, the myth, the legend behind the scenes, good old Josh. So for those of you tuning in for the first time to BB Nation Radio, we are the webcast division of Backwoods Veterans. Backwoods Veterans was started by yours truly, a 21-year U.S. Army veteran, and the pages for all veterans and the craziness that we do and endure for fun. BB Nation Radio is our weekly webcast where we bring the latest and greatest in current events affecting our country's veterans and the friends, families, and communities that surround them, and of course, shenanigans. So please remember to like our Facebook page here on Backwoods Veterans Media, as well as our other pages of BB Nation Radio. And don't forget to check out our host network of Vet Radio Syndicate. Give them a like and a share as well. Also, don't forget to check out our main page of backwoodsvets.com, where you can find out all the latest and greatest and events that are taking place for our veterans and the communities as well as all the fine entertainment that is to offer here from Backwoods Veterans. Also, quick shout out to our sponsors that we want to thank between Backwoods Veterans Media as well as Vet Radio Syndicate. First off, you got Warrior Point, warriorpointwithane.org. Does it cost you anything to join? So why not join today and become part of the uncommon few? They have outstanding resources for veterans, and it's a great way to reconnect with old battle buddies and make some new ones while you're at it. So join today at warriorpoint.org with an e.org also want to shout out to our outdoor sponsor of eric's armory and eric's armory.com whatever you're shooting reloading and tactical needs may be eric's armory has you covered whether it's in their shop out of sandy oregon or if you shop online at eric's armory.com they will hook you up and they do ship to your nearest ffl so whatever you are looking for eric's armory has what you need that's Eric's Armory at ericsarmory.com. And lastly, to our homepage of Backwoods Veterans, because without that, hey, you wouldn't have BB Nation Radio. So moving right along, being sure to uh, be sure to check out all the fine shows here on Vet Radio Syndicate, as well as Backwoods Veterans Media, the recognized symbols of excellence in online veteran entertainment. All times are Eastern as we run down the list. But but they should be Pacific if I had my way. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally. So, anyhow, before someone decided to throw me off a little bit there, anyhow, for a limited time only, you got Threat Call 5 Radio on Mondays with Bulldog and Judy at 7. Following them, you got our good buddy Lunchbox with Lunchbox Live for you gamers at 9. Tuesdays, you got the WO Radio Show with Goose and Richie the Redneck Pimp at 6. And then yours truly at 10 o'clock with the Fence Line Country over on the radio side. Wednesdays, you got the VRS bar with none other than our good buddy, Minnie. All right, all right, all right. Holy shit. George Pardos, a.k.a. Leroy Jenkins. The HMFIC of VRS himself. And then the Blue Falcon, Mr. Chris Cornell. Wow. Right. And whoever else they decide to have uh, 
joining in with them on that episode. So, hey, Chris, if you're listening, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Why, thank you, Miss Kateri. And then Thursdays. <laughs> oh my God. Thursdays at 7, you got George Pardos once again with the Warrior Wallet to help you get your financial portfolio squared away. This is the best thing I fucking heard all day. Yeah, so you say. And then Fridays, back over on the radio side with yours truly at 10 with Friday Night Debauchery or Debauchery, however people like to say it. Would you just say it one way? Well, one way, okay? Figure out one way to I, say it. And say I it. only say it debauchery. Oh, no, you don't. No. 99.999% of the time I say debauchery. I will give you some playback uh, at a different date and show you where you say it differently. <laughs> you, you have said debauchery. You have said debauchery. Thank you, John. Whichever. <laughs> Anyhow, Saturdays at this point are wide open. We have nobody doing anything on Saturday. Unless it does like you said to go on. That's, yeah, for when, like, random shows decide to crash and have to... Saturday's kind of like a makeup day. Just saying. So, <laughs> and then Sundays. Oh, my God. Goose, what do you got to say about Sundays, my friend? Yeah, that's a big bastard. That it most certainly is. So, kicking things off on Sunday, you got Spearhead Shenanigans with our good buddy Goose on the radio side at 3. And then at 5, you got It's 1700 Somewhere with our buddies Athen and Cameron. Then... At 7 p.m., you got three vets and a Patriot, not to be confused with the New England Patriots, as Minnie said earlier tonight. Uh, you got Sports Church with Minnie, Pookie, Terrell, and Pops. And sometimes the guest of High Tech. Yes, the guest of High Tech or J-Dub or whoever else decides to show up on there. And then at 9, you got the Greek Bear with the Bear News at 9. And then last but not least, wrapping up your week and kicking it right back off at 11 for two hours is us right here on BB Nation Radio. So with that being said, it's been, uh, it's been a long two weeks. We, had, uh, we took last weekend off for Labor Day, and everyone kind of parted ways to kind of do their own thing. So it was, uh, it was a good time, so to say the least. So... Uh, starting things off for their Labor Day in review, John, why don't you go first, brother? Me? Yeah, you? Come on now. Oh, well, so Labor Day weekend was uh, pretty awesome, actually. Um, the girlfriend and I got out for some camping on uh, Sunday and Monday. Um, after we went camping for Sunday night, we went out to... Uh, a place that we featured actually in one of the segments last year. The outdoor segments, uh, No Name Lake up on Broken Top. And for those of you that don't know my girlfriend or don't know about my girlfriend, she is an amputee, um, a below the knee amputee. And I'm super proud of her that she made the trek up to No Name Lake. She not only did the trek up to No Name Lake, she did it in tacos which are kind of like a high-end uh, sandal. Do you Blah. say she did it in tacos? No, chocos. Taco. I was going to say, oh. that, that'd make the taco maker happy. Yeah, no, no kidding, right? Make the trip in tacos. No, she, did it in cho- she did it in tacos, and she 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 did really well. Like, I'm tacos? super proud of her. And I kind of showed her the area where the elk were found um, up, up on New Name Lake, up on... Oh, that uh, story the, that uh, Miss Kalen covered here a while back, the uh, the herd of elk that was uncovered by or from a glacier. Yes. Well, they were caught in an avalanche and dragged down the slope, and they ended up on the toe of the glacier at the base of New Name Lake. So um, they're not there anymore. Whatever's left of them are in the lake you now. So, right. Um, 
Yeah, no, it was a, it was a good, it was a good weekend. Uh, had a really good weekend, and then uh, got uh, got the promotion at work last week. Whoop, whoop. Um, good that's job. always helpful. What's that? Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then other than that, it's been super, super busy at. Uh, Super busy. I've been, been like between 12 and 13 hours a day. So Inga so, chimes in. Inga the taco maker chimes in. She says, damn, she did a hike in tacos? Hell yes. You go, girl. <laughs> tacos. Tacos. Anyhow, sorry. Yeah, go ahead, John. I'll let you finish. I just had to uh, let you know that. Yeah, no, that, like, uh, so this weekend, we'll get into in the outdoor segment a little bit. Um was an awesome weekend. Um, very busy. I I made two trips to Portland in forty eight hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but was it was for a good purpose. It? it was for a good purpose. Yeah, it was definitely worth it. All right, that's what I'm quite tired, and I'm looking forward to going to sleep and then getting up at five o'clock again because I haven't got to sleep in at all this weekend. And um, <laughs> yeah, that's about how my last two weeks have been. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Sorry, I was I was doing your laugh for a second. Hey. <laughs> 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 all right, Sparky. Yeah. Or friggin' uh what was his name? Friggin' Starkey. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> no, he's laughing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Anyhow. So There seems to be a Dog oh. <laughs> oh, that's another shenanigan story for another time. So moving on down the line. Before we actually, before we do that, Josh, you want to give some people in the comments some shout outs? See who we got checking in so far. Uh, I would absolutely love to. Thank you. Um, well, he hasn't exactly checked in, but I see he's logged in. Carl, yeah, Carl's in here with us. We got uh, Mister Squirrel himself. Squirrel. Cletus East Hi-o. in there, Katrina Stanley, the taco maker, Miss Inga, Jade Lopez checking in, uh, let's see, div- uh, divide by zero bucks, that's uh, Derwin. Yep, Mr. Derwin yep. checking in. Yep, he's checked in, and uh, Shane Bomer, Shane Bomer's in with us. Nice. So, yeah, and uh, I saw Mom and Pops were logged in, and. All that too. Oh, so. Miss Lopez, part of the. Uh, I said that. Oh, did you? I I'm did. Sorry, I missed that part. Part of the Snuggle Struggle crew. Yeah, well, yeah. it's, it's going to be a very big struggle. <laughs> it's going to be a very big struggle. Anyhow. Struggle is real. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be real. They just don't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so moving right along. Mariah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> where to start? Uh, the beginning. Yeah, typically the beginning is the best place. <laughs> That's normally where you start. It's <laughs> usually always the beginning. So, now remember, this is a two-week recap. Yeah, I have to try and like remember. Like this week, I remember. Um, not this week, but last week was a very busy work week with some long, long days. Um, J-Dub and I didn't even really see each other much during the week. <laughs> nope. Between my work schedule and his. Um, I did enjoy. Go ahead, Josh. Oh, I was just uh, reading a comment that uh, apparently Inga's on um, uh, Peggy Bundy duty. Uh oh. Yep. Bed rest. Turn about luck. Yep. 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 TV and bonbons. 
and so tacos. Then, um, <laughs> for Labor Day weekend, and we got to go camping, which mm. was fun. It, it kind of camping. It was camping. We weren't home. We talked about it. it was camping. Yeah. Um, we got to go over to. Were you in a tent? No. Um, there was canvas. <laughs> yeah, there was canvas, but yes. Anyway, were you sleeping in a damn tent on the dirt? Um, the we were sleeping on were... dirt, but it wasn't in a tent. Yes, yes, correct. Not camping, camping. <laughs> Don't be jealous. Anyhow, at all. Go ahead, Mariah. Thank you. Um, anyways, we got to go over to Eastern Oregon up in the Blue Mountains and went with my parents and everything, which was a great time. Um, until dun, I dun, text dun. dog. Dog. I, I still feel really, really bad about it. <laughs> so my parents' dog. Dog, dog. Thank you. <laughs> they have a six-year-old black lab and High Tech has a two-year-old two red healer. They played and played and played and chased each other and have a great time first day. Second day, it wasn't too bad. And they started running and they went around behind one of the buildings. And I think dog it, the cabin. was not paying attention and ran into some what sheet metal. Shit. It's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> um, ran into some sheet metal, cut his shoulder open, so... I got to try and bandage him up best I could. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, what, an hour later or something like that, half hour later. Yeah. So oh, yeah, I watched him it, and saw it. Saw it, you know, he's running around or whatever, and looked at him like, wait a minute, hold on, come here. Laid him over. Vet tech. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've ever so, tried corralling a two-year-old red healer. Oh, my gosh. That's like. <laughs> it took my, I was trying to clean the wound and wrap it. It took high tech and my mom to hold the dog down. <laughs> This was like watching um, a freaking rodeo take place, trying to hold this pup, hold this dog down. It's like trying to hold one of those him. things that you say, yeah, good luck with that. Oh no, it, it, oh, totally I... to hold this dog down so that way Mariah could do her work on it. It was like total untying calves in a rodeo. It, like yeah. somebody had to grab a hold of the dog, flank it, and then two people had to pin this damn dog down so Mariah could do her work. Um. Anyways, long story short, on that one, give me a gauze pad, Neosporin, roll a vet wrap. And duct tape, and I made it stay. <laughs> and I've been coming over to High Tech's place every two to three days, changing the bandage for him on his dog because I feel really bad about it and everything. And the only way we can keep him from chewing the bandage off is to put duct tape on the outside. It's it is pretty hilarious, actually. So, yes, and thank you very much. I I really appreciate you yes. uh, coming over and, and helping out with that. We gotta get and pictures and put that up on the Th page. There is too. no way that. <laughs> I could do it by myself or high tech could do it by himself. This dog is, mm -mm. he knows exactly what's going to go on. And he's just like, nope, not happening. So <laughs> anyways. Oh, there we go. We do <laughs> have a. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me uh, see if I can get the. Uh... I'm going to try and get some. Let's this see if I can get it to guy. work this time. Let's see if. Nope. It doesn't want to work. Uh, you kind of see, oh, see, see it. You yeah. see the flicker. Yeah, hold on. Let me see if I can uh, make it stop flickering real quick. Um, anyway, so after Fly that. I'm trying to look and see if it'll come up on um. the screen because of the delay. <laughs> I can kind of see it. Hold on. Yeah, you can kind of see the flickering, how there's vet wrap, red vet wrap and duct tape. And it stalled. It so you can kind of see it. Turn the bad luck. 
Um, anyways. Oh, so. yeah, it's coming up on the feed. Yeah, you can, yeah, yeah, you can see flashing, it flashing. Yeah. yeah. You, you get the idea of how that, how much of a bandage I have put on so to get to stay. But other than that, back to work this week. And. Oh, high yeah. tech's working as magic. Um, had a pretty good work week this last week. And. Then had Still a doesn't like it. Look at that. Good day on. Like me. Okay, well, we'll uh, uh, kill that. It's Saturday. Oh, yeah. So, which we'll go over more in the outdoor portion with John. So, with all that. Josh. Pass on Hey Tech. Yeah. It, uh, you know, it's definitely been busy. Um, you know, work, is, uh, work has been pretty crazy with the merge and everything like that. So, looking forward to that uh, being, well, complete at the end of the month. And then there's just the, uh, you know, the cleanup after that. But, uh, anyway, we... Um, yeah, and then of course Mariah's been been coming over and helping out, and again, really appreciate that. I still feel uh, really bad about it. Uh, went went to uh, went yesterday out to uh, over in Parkdale, so the other side of Mount Hood, off of Highway 35, and went to a uh, one of my coworkers' weddings, and uh, that was pretty. Uh, yeah, that was pretty awesome. What picture is that? How was the weather, bro? I, li- I lived in Parkdale for like a year. No, no, go down. These go down a little more right there. That one, yeah. What the hell is that? <laughs> we took that in the truck to send to Jazzy. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anyways, I'm taking the pictures off of here so you can't be distracted. <laughs> Too late, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. So, we did that, uh, and then uh, this morning I went out to Eric's Armory and finally did my build with Eric Pettis himself. Woohoo! And uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a good time. I I really did not know how many small little springs and parts and all that were were actually dude. in that you oh, know, yeah. in the build of an AR. So, uh, oh dude, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, and you know, and everything we you know that I bought all the parts and pieces that I bought were all the you know the stripped down versions. So yeah. you had to have all the parts kits and put them all in. So nothing was nothing was assembled at all. Um, so yeah, got it uh, sitting here behind me actually, and uh, you had to go through the same struggle that friggin' John and I went through building the RCF yes, rifle. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> hey, come on, let's see it. Show the viewers. Let's, now, here, let's hold do on. this. Oh, Mariah's got a swinger camera around. Hang on. Excuse the mess in the background. Oh, there it is. Look at that beaut. Look at that beaut. What a beaut. Yeah, what a beaut. You know what's funny is look at High Tech's face, and there's a huge smile. Oh yeah, look at that with the Eric's Armory logo right there on the dust cover. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. I, I I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I love it. Can't wait to go plinking with it. So he says he can't wait to go plinking with it. That's not a plinker. That's a pew pew. It's a pew pew. I'm gonna go pew pewing with it. So yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> Cleo says, like Eric said, it's an adult erector set. Yep. Yep. <laughs> or it causes things to become erect. I don't know. I, With yeah, freedom. Not not going to lie. Freedom boner. There, there may have been a little chance. No, it, it makes you black out on freedom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah. So, yeah. that. Um, <clears throat> so then got back from doing that. And uh, then my roommate gave me a hand replacing the front brakes and rotors on the truck. While getting soaked, while getting absolutely soaked by the wonderful uh, Oregon weather here today, so uh, 
yeah, did that in uh, studio setup. So <clears throat> it's been uh, it's been a good two weeks. Been been a busy and and fun two weeks. And uh, yeah, can't uh, man can't wait for hunting here in about a month for me, dude. Don't even get me started. Stop. I'll be on vacation for that time. <laughs> like I'm just twitching at home. Like, yeah, I've already. I'm not gonna rub it in by saying I've already been out like three or four times already. Just say. <laughs> well, I just gotta wait till deer season right now too, and then I'm just gonna go right up the road, like literally 30 yeah. seconds up the road from my house. Jade Lopez commented to High Tech. He's beaming. LOL. Like a kid on Christmas morning. Right. So hey, true. I don't blame him. Damn straight. You know, I, I'm going to tell you right now. So the, my first time ever shooting an AR mm-hmm. was actually when we shot, when we test fired the RCF, the RCF rifle. rifle. Okay. <laughs> I so was I not shot, the only one. Thank so I God. shot, I shot that one and, and then I shot John's Yep. and, and I loved it. I was, I was in love prior to that. I had always wanted, you know, always wanted one, always wanted to shoot one and all that. I actually did own one for a brief amount of time but never got to shoot it but never got to shoot it uh and now that you have and, and now that i have one and and i did go by, by the bug. and i did go buy ammo at, at cabela's the other day too so you know don't I'm, I'm shh, stacked shh, up don't tell eric that yeah no, no, no. <laughs> okay. well, well, wait till well. it becomes a spending item in your monthly budget plan <laughs> like i literally have it allotted in my monthly budget for 500 rounds of this hundred rounds of that. <laughs> right. John, you and I might have to talk budgetary numbers. Right. <laughs> Just saying. Especially because, you know, already uh you know, JW were sitting telling me about the uh um whatever that flashlight combo or whatever that uh oh that crimson trace yeah, the combo crimson trace the bluetooth, snake, setup. bluetooth one and i was just like oh you know a light light laser combo deal at you know I, I want one of those too but i'm uh i'm really trying to uh you know i'm gonna go out and shoot at iron sight you know and all that and and you know play around with it and have some fun and the hell are you talking about carl just hang on man we're we're talking here it's a talk show god relax it's the by you know. oh was he calling me oh. i don't know um, I don't know. I didn't see a call, so I don't know what he's talking about. But okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, anyhow. So as a man once said, um, yeah, yeah, moving right along. So, so J Dub. Yeah, moving right along. How's your? I I got much really to talk about. You guys pretty much told everything there was to tell. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, we had oh we had one of our aircraft finally leave for Woo-hoo! for fire. So bad, nice. bad news for uh, for locals, but great news for us. <laughs> well, so we profit off of your suffering. <laughs> At least you don't have an AOG anymore. Oh no, we we do, but we're not going to talk about that. So all I know is that somebody gets to take a nice little flight across the globe, and thank God it's not me. So uh, what uh, what happened with Friday night debauchery there, buddy? Oh, dude. So. It was. Thank, I had nothing thank to do God with it. for local providers, right? Yeah, yeah. Local providers are awesome when it comes to internet. And then I wound up having to completely uh, reboot my whole system. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm talking like I had to go through and do some manual updates on the computer and everything. But once it all freaking was all done and reset, yeah, an hour later. Yeah, I was like, you know what, guys? I'm just going to do a take two tomorrow night after the full auto fundraiser for Warfighter Outfitters, which 
we're going to talk about here in a couple minutes. So, but other than that, yeah, once we did that, got home from doing the event here yesterday afternoon or yesterday evening, whichever you care to call it. And yeah. Oh, teardown was awesome because John decided he was going to dip out early. Poor guy. Just so he could turn around and come back today. <laughs> yeah. it, right as we went to tear down. Oh, um, it opened it up. It jumped and poured rain. It opened up. But, nope, it was a good time. But other than that, yeah, that was, uh, that's been my two weeks in review right there. So so Inga says what happened is I left you unsupervised. Oh, talking about you. No, no. That I left you unsupervised, and that's why you had problems with it. What happened is you left him. Oh, what? Yep. The hell are you talking about? Yep, yep, and and you know I'm I'm gonna have to. Agree what do you mean with her. left me unsupervised for what? With it the was tech. not my fault. With the tech, that was the one time it was not my fault. You know, man, this you just take responsibility. You're it's all, okay. You're God, You're awful defensive. But there. you know what though? I fixed it, and we everything went off flawless last night. The next day, except for after everything got fixed. Yeah. Except for me having to kick you off video. What? Oh, because I was on the horn with Minnie, yeah. Yeah, you were on video oh. with Minnie. I made him get off the And video. she just came in from taking the shower. She's like, oh, no, no, <laughs> Minnie's on. I can't look. He can't look. I'm like, all right, fine. Hang on, brother. <laughs> That's when she should have uh, put her PayPal up there. $5 make you holla. <laughs> so you could have you made some money so you could build your own air. Just saying. Dude, we could have made I, that off a of free you know what? We could have shown that little flash, you know, podcast hostess, bring in caught nude and put it up on War- Pornhub and get like 30,000 views and get some money for that. I mean, Judy's already, already going that way, dude. She's already looking to try to make Pornhub a sponsor. So why not? Hey, Mariah, you're up. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Ooh, that look. <laughs> now get the tape deck out and start playing brown chicken. Brown chicken. <laughs> I said I should keep my mouth shut, but yet we drove separate vehicles tonight. Hmm. Yes, we did. What? Oh, man. There you go, Brian. There's a cue. There's a cue. No, so what does she do? She goes back to doodling. What the hell? <laughs> I think yours can pass just as good as mine. Ooh. <laughs> Damn, Daniel. They're just not as perky. J- Jade says dead men okay. walking. Uh-huh. I'm over it. <laughs> He's lucky he has his own vehicle tonight. By God. So, anyhow. With that being said, we're at the bottom of the hour. In the first hour of our program, what? which means... What? Yeah, we're at the bottom of the hour, which means it is... Yes, we are. Which means it is time for... Let's hit it! This outdoor segment is brought to you in part by Eric's Armory. And now, for your outdoor segment host... How neat is that? That's pretty neat. What is... Up, BV Nation. It has been an incredible two weeks that uh, we haven't been, obviously, in the studio last week doing a show for you guys. 
but a lot has happened in the last couple of weeks and we've got some new stuff coming up also tonight josh if you would bring everybody back uh visually uh -oh. talk about uh what happened yesterday and today to start with go on um, so yesterday uh we were out at the, the full auto fundraiser for uh, Warfighter Outfitters. Um, that would be Mr. J-Dub and Mariah and myself. And so we were out there uh, doing the audio entertainment and emceeing, or J-Dub was doing the emceeing because he actually has the uh, golden voice, it seems like, for <laughs> okay. area. Not just Snodgrass. Oops. Sorry, buddy, but uh, J-Dub's got a good uh, golden voice there, too. <laughs> I, I, think, I think what it is is Goose has the platinum voice now, and J-Dub's got the golden voice. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, that, that that definitely makes sense, then. I, I think we should actually hashtag that, so uh, Jade or Vicky, go ahead and hashtag that. Um, so, yeah, we were out there. Uh, it was a good time. I came over... Saturday morning and I had to leave Saturday afternoon because I was going to try and get some actual content built for tonight's show or finished building for tonight's show. Um, however, on my way home, those plans were quick, quickly destroyed. Um, so we had at the event, we had a auction and silent raffle going on. Um, I did throw down for the, the uh, raffle items, which also included some guns and uh, guns. well, I got back into service on my side of the mountain, and I got a text message from Justin saying that I had won uh, one of the faction barrel and bolt carrier packages that I put in for, so I was pretty stoked about that. Um, and then I lost service again, and I got another picture message, and apparently I had won a rifle as well. Definitely not the uh, first choice rifle that I wanted, because trust me, if I had the first choice rifle that I wanted, I'd, I probably wouldn't be on the show tonight, because I'd be probably he, molesting my rifle he'd somewhere. He'd be flapping to it that right now. That one went yeah. fast. Well, what do you expect? But uh, the I did, however, win something that I've been wanting for a while. I Wait one. Oh, here he goes. All I can say is he's lucky that we were still there. Otherwise, he would have got something else. <laughs> Since we were his proxy. So, da, 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 da. This was my win. Very nice. So, what is that, Not only did high-tech win, or not only did high-tech get a rifle this weekend, but uh, I did as well. And what um, is this is your standard Ruger 1022. Um, I grew up with a 22, but it was a bolt action and it was a Winchester. I've never actually owned a semi-auto 1022 before, so this is a first for me. Um, I'm excited about it because I've been wanting to spend the money on one of these for a while, but AR-15 and 300 Win Mag stuff has been, <laughs> can't take uh, the back seat. So it was pretty awesome that uh, Justin sent me a message and looked out for his battle buddy. It was like, oh, we got you, dude, because the other option for the gun choice was a Beretta 9mm, and Justin knows my disdain for the Beretta. <laughs> right. Uh, so, who won the Beretta was so happy that you took the 22 and he got the Beretta because that's what he wanted. Well, it was a win-win for everybody so. then. Well, it was a win-win for everybody. And then, so the faction kit that I got came with this awesome PMAG from Warfighter Outfitters. 
Hell yeah. It actually looks amazing in the AR. And then I got a new 5.56 barrel. And bolt carrier from Faction. So a little ditty awesome about little that. Uh, a little ditty about that PMAG as well. Uh, I believe the laser engraving that was done on that was done by our friends over at Tactical Guardian. Right. And so that's and Justin, why don't you describe who Tactical Guardian is for our viewers that may not know? Oh. <laughs> So Tactical Guardian, they are a Cerakoting and engraving business uh, out there out of Sherwood, Oregon. Uh, the wife half of the the husband and wife duo that run that, she does her own competition shooting and stuff like that. You can follow her. Uh, she's Missy Tuttle. On, uh, you can find her on Tuttle. Instagram. Tuttle. That's what I said. You said Tuttle. Tuttle. Whichever. Oh, my God. Killing me on the enunciations tonight. So anyhow. So it's her and her husband, Ryan, that run it, and they have an outstanding organization. They do a lot of stuff for the veteran community. So it's cool to get a chance to see the products that they put out. And, uh, yeah, if you get a chance to go over and check them out, uh, you can check out their shop there on 12th and Sherwood Highway. They're in Sherwood, Oregon, or you can look them up on Instagram at uh, uh, Tactical Guardian and check out what they do. So quick little plug for those guys. Absolutely. And also, you know, um, I just want our viewers to know out there. So when you get involved with some of these veteran events, this is some of the stuff that you can end up walking away with. Like the, the, the gal that beat me out on the rifle raffle tickets, um, she won a semi-auto AR-15 or AR-10 style 6.5 Creedmoor um, one-of-a-kind custom rifle, which is amazing. That rifle was absolutely stunning. Um, there was also a DPMS AR-15 up for raffle and a number of pistols as well, plus the 22 and the Beretta 9mm. <clears throat> On top of a ton of little gift baskets and grab bags. And all the proceeds went to an amazing organization, um, More Fighter Outfitters. They take bets out in the outdoors and get them doing fishing, hunting, you name it. Um, they're based out of Sisters. They're actually based, or they started out of Sisters. Um, on my side of the mountain, actually here, and they are an awesome, amazing group. I highly encourage you guys to look them up and uh, give very, them. A they're very personable. To talk to as well. Yes, they are, and we got a chance to actually talk with and hang out the uh, with Brett, who's the uh, founder and president of Warfighter Outfitters. And Absolutely. It was pretty cool because Dave Oates, who's uh, he's one of their big guy, main guys too, and he's over on our side. Uh, he's up just out of Gladstone, Oregon. He actually took uh, the CEO from our sponsor over there, Eric's Armory, out on uh, that salmon fishing trip here earlier in the summer. And Eric had nothing but good things to say. And he got a chance to go home with uh, with a nice little uh, couple fillets of salmon with him, too, to take home and Absolutely. enjoy. So he had a good time. So if you get a chance to check those guys out, do it. Maybe Eric knows how to clean a salmon now. Yeah. After you had to teach him again. Uh-oh. Oh, and, and by the way. What's up, brother? By the way. By the way. I have to say what's up to my infantry brother. Or we have to say what's up to my infantry brother. And I, we are not weirdos. You're a weirdo. You don't like the dirty biscuit, so you're a weirdo. Just saying. That's a cracker barrel in case any of y'all didn't know. Right. 
Dakota does not like the Cracker Barrel. Mm -mm. It's so good. Not like the Dirty Biscuit. It's so good, though. Oh, he says, just going to challenge them. Jesse uh, from Eric's Armory chimes in and says, just going to challenge them. He came home with one. TFO goes home with two. <laughs> Which, yes, big shout out to the Fallen Outdoors, too. Yes, absolutely. You guys, if you guys want any information on any of the vet organizations that we try to hook people up with, please get in touch with us. Uh, we can get you hooked up with TFO, the Fallen Outdoors, and with Warfighter uh, War Outfitters. Absolutely. Please hit us up. Please go check them out on Facebook as well and on Instagram. Um, if you're a veteran, definitely hit them up. They have trips going. Both organizations have trips going on all the time, and they will get you out in the woods hunting, fishing, shooting, you name it. So with that, um, let's go ahead and we'll get into the first story that I have for today. I So like I said, I didn't get to work on too much content this weekend because I – when when Justin texted me that I had won a rifle, I had to uh, drive back to Portland today to go uh, do the background check at, over at the Threat Dynamics to uh, take home my 22. So, which took forever. At least it wasn't as long as some other people's background checks. I was gonna say it didn't take as long as mine. <coughs> High tech. Right. Apparently, OSP's system was down today, and when I heard that, I was just like, "Great, I'm not taking this home today." And then, it's, surprise, uh, boy. That was like number 15 in line. But guess what? But, uh, yeah, I did. I got it. Um, and, yeah, so with that, we're going to get to uh, the first story of the evening, which is five things I learned about the 6.5 Creedmoor for Whitetails. Um, this comes to us from OutdoorLife.com, uh, and it is an article on... 6.5 Creedmoor with whitetail hunting. So uh, we'll just jump right into it. So if you're a regular reader of Outdoor Life, you've read plenty about the 6.5 Creedmoor. As an Outdoor Life editor, I've read plenty as well. This week, I had the opportunity to put the 6.5 Creedmoor to use during a Kentucky whitetail hunt. The hosted that hunt hosted by Browning Firearms and Ammo. It was my first time hunting with a, with a rifle in a long time. Uh, apparently the editor lives in shotgun only zone of Southern Michigan. So for all you Southern Michigan people that watch us or if anybody in Southern Michigan is out there watching, you know what this guy's talking about. Um, and readily admit that I'm not exactly a rifle guru. I will just as readily admit that I was a bit skeptical about 6.5 Creedmoor as mm -hmm. a dedicated whitetail round, a bias that was only reinforced when it, when inspecting the new Browning BXR rounds I would be using on a hunt. At 129 grains, the bullets are significantly lighter than those used in the 30-06 I used to take my first buck, and the long, slender build of the bullet seemed, well, a bit petite for big bucks. Uh, there was no question that the rifle could shoot. I was using a McMillan version of Browning's X-Bolt, which could it really do the job on a big mature whitetail? Well, here are five things I learned about the 6.5 Creedmoor as a deer caliber, which I definitely agree with uh, the findings in this article about the 6.5 Creedmoor. It's, it's, the 6.5 Creedmoor, if you haven't got the chance to shoot one, is an amazing round. 
Um, it's accurate, like really accurate. <clears throat> I do not in any terms consider myself to be anything other than a very average shot with a rifle. I am primarily a bow hunter and spend very little time shooting with anything that doesn't require the releasing of a string to make it shoot. It took me less than 15 minutes to shoot the best 200 yard group I've ever shot. Three holes that could have been covered with a 50 cent piece. At 300 yards, I did nearly as well. Recoil was laughably light and the rifle was an absolute joy to shoot. I easily could have blown through a couple of boxes of ammo and loved every minute. Um, I will say with the six high three more, that is definitely the case. It kicks less than a 308 in my opinion. Um, and it's, it is probably one of the flattest shooting rounds that I've ever fired. I think it is insane for a large caliber. Um, Number two, yes, it will drop a deer in its tracks. Prior to hunting, I asked Brad Fitzpatrick, an outdoor life contributor with a ton of rifle experience, whether a high sh shoulder shot with a 6.5 was advisable. Many deer hunters will aim there when using a rifle as that shot placement all, almost always anchors a deer where it stands. Fitzpatrick's response is, I'm not sure. Hmm. Well, one day later, when he answered the question for himself, when he dropped a dandy 10 point in its tracks with a shot to the shoulder. The buck was only about 40 yards when it when shot, so it's not exactly a true test of the long range power of the 6.5, but a dead buck that takes not another step after being shot is a pretty good piece of proof. I can definitely agree there. I have never killed anything with a 6.5 Creedmoor, but I would imagine with its ballistics, because it's such a fast moving round and because it's an intermediate round, it would probably do the butcher's bill. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yes, number three. Yes, it will do it more than once. The very next afternoon, Browning's ammo, Browning ammo's Aaron Cox filled her buck tag and she too dropped the deer where it stood with a single shot to the shoulder. Uh, she was using Browning's BXR rounds that offer rapid expansion, further proof that even when using a bullet designed to expand very quickly, the 6.5 Creedmoor is delivering outstanding terminal ballistics on impact. Uh, will it penetrate deeply? Go ahead. Go ahead with the jokes. Penetration jokes. Let's go. <laughs> you already said it. Penetration. It's, 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 it's penetrating deeply. Spread. So. <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> Spread and penetration. All right. Let's do this. Um, on both Aaron and Brad's bucks, the bullet, both were using the BXR rounds, <laughs> uh, was recovered. Brad's was lodged under the skin of the deer's opposite shoulder. Expansion was excellent and internal organ damage was extensive. Yet at distances of less than 50 yards, I was somewhat concerned that the bullet hadn't passed through. And then I killed a Kentucky whitetail of my own. On the third afternoon, I took an eight point at a distance of about 45 yards. Shot placement was ideal on the entry side, tucked right in the pocket behind the buck's front shoulder. The deer was quartering away and the bullet exited at the point of the deer's opposite shoulder, shattering the scapula as it passed through. That is a, that's, that's, that's dropping your animal. That's pretty neat. Yes, that is very neat. Uh, number five. Blood trails can be substantial, and I wish that I would have thought about putting the graphics up from the article, but uh, the blood from the picture of the blood trail is uh, 
pretty yeah. amazing. It's spackled everywhere. It's like someone spackled a wall um, with that texturing that you put on drywall. It's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> the bullet took out both lungs and grazed the top of the buck's heart. The blood trail was one of the most liberal I've ever seen. The photos and video truly tell the story. But suffice it to say, after following that short blood trail, that I had no further concerns over the 6.5's ability to deliver substantial damage to vital organs and to deliver easily followed blood trails as a result. Um, and last but not least, the 6.5 Creedmoor is fun to shoot. This I can definitely say is the case as I have a dog in the fight. I have shot the 6.5 Creedmoor a few times now. It is a pleasure to shoot. You can definitely fire this round. You can fire whole boxes of this round through an actual bolt gun, and it's not going to tear your shoulder up like a 308 or like a lightweight 300 wind mag. It is a pleasure to shoot, <clears throat> and you can reach out and touch things with this rifle. This rifle is extraordinarily accurate in flat shooting. Um, yeah, so that is the end of the first story for new and then we will move on to the second story which is tick-borne diseases are skyrocketing in eastern massachusetts do we know anybody in eastern massachusetts uh i know we have some viewers from over there the east coast as well as so if you, if you guys in the east coast if you're hunting in eastern massachusetts this year you might want to pay attention to this yeah. one a little bit um <laughs> uh, tick-borne diseases are skyrocketing in eastern massachusetts is the lack of hunting access to blame this again comes to us from outdoorlife.com um it's posted september 5th by uh thomas gurrenser um that's a weird name Pronounce. But annual Lyme disease cases have increased by 6,600% in the last 25 years. And uh, deer numbers are up almost 400%. So maybe there's a correlation between the two. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe some more management needs to be done on this. You know, maybe uh, increasing quota numbers for hunting. Right. Uh, anyways, so people in Massachusetts are cutting or catching more diseases from ticks every year. There were about 1,000 new cases of Lyme. And in Massachusetts in 1994, by 2018, that number had ballooned to over 67,000. That's a 6,600% increase in new lives. That is crazy. In the last, in just 25 years. That is crazy. And for those of you that don't know what Lyme disease is, it is a disease carried by the deer tick. The deer tick, when it bites you, if it burrows into you and it and it's infected with Lyme or infected with Lyme disease, you're going to get Lyme disease. And it is not a pretty disease. It, for lack of a better term, go ahead and get that buzzer ready, Josh. It will fuck you up big time. <laughs> um, it's, it's a pretty nasty disease. I'm not going to go into the particulars on it. Um, it's pretty nasty. But you don't want to get it. So... Anyways, um, people in Massachusetts are, oh wait, so uh, yeah, it's up 6,600% increase in the new annual Lyme infections in just 25 years. That's insane. Yeah, that's that absolutely insane. damn roof. That's, that's ridiculous. That's almost pandemic status in many ways. Um, now let's look at the deer herd figures for the same time frame. In the mid-1990s, there were about 10,000 deer 
east of Route 495 in Massachusetts. That's about five deer per square mile. Today there are about 50,000. That's right. You heard me correctly. 50,000 deer in the same area, according to David Steinbrook, biologist at the Massachusetts Division of Fisheries and Wildlife, MDFW. That's 20 to 25 deer per square mile, or about five times as many deer in 25 50,000? Yes. 50. 50. 50. 50. 50. 50. 50. 50. 50. Yeah. So uh, during that same span, the deer herd west of Route 495 has held steady at roughly 50,000 deer. Lyme disease in that region over the same period has plateaued. So, hmm. Maybe there's a correlation between the two. I don't know. Uh, just going to take a stab in the dark and say, duh. Yeah, I'm just going to say. So uh, the deer populated population explosion, rampant deer herd growth in Massachusetts in, in Massachusetts is a result of recent ecological sea change. Massachusetts and especially Eastern Mass, which is much more populated, has become a friendlier place for deer even in the past 25 years. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> yeah. Populated urban environments because they're not going to get shot there. Hmm. No shit. According Just to Steinberg, the reason is twofold. First, Eastern Massachusetts has actually gained back a lot of forest land lately before Europeans settled and cleared the state's land for farming. Most of Massachusetts was covered by deep forest. Really? No way. It was covered no. by a lot of deep wood. No, no way. Um, <laughs> Harvard University has some great depictions of specific sites that show the change. Good to know. Um, the suburban landscape is ideal environment for deer to thrive, says Marion Larson, MDFW. Deer like edges, and I think you would agree that if you were up in a hot air balloon over eastern Massachusetts, you'd see a lot of edges around golf courses and malls and sporting fields. Hmm. Interesting. But Interesting indeed. The biggest problem with this is a lack of hunting pressure. Huh. The lack of hunting access is the main reason for the recent whitetail boom, according <laughs> to Andrew. Uh, what just happened? Oh, Jesse chiming in. Nega penetration for the deep wood. <laughs> um, so, yes, that is very true. Yes, you need good penetration for the deep wood. Here, here to that one. But yes, a lack of hunting access for the main reason for whitetail boom, according to Steinbrook, many lands are closed to hunting. Uh, town bylaws restricting hunting and discharge setbacks prohibit hunting with a firearm within 500 feet of a building. You can't discharge a firearm within 500 feet of an inhabited house, says Telford. That makes managing deer, the deer, a deer herd through hunting very difficult in eastern Massachusetts. Even in areas where there are no buildings, at least 46% of towns in Massachusetts ban hunting on public lands and or require hunters to contact landowners for written permissions. And of course, more deer means more ticks. Uh, I'm not gonna get into the article that covers that. That's pretty self-explanatory, deer tick. Right. More deer out there, the more deer ticks are gonna you know, 
in turn breed and be created because there's going to be more food for them in the long run. And so <clears throat> more ticks means more disease, of course. That doesn't require a whole lot of info to go over either. So <laughs> the more deer ticks there are, the more Lyme disease there's going to be. Go figure. Right. So Just keep scrolling you know, and they, branching off of each other. Yeah. And so obviously that comes to you. You establish the link between deer and Lyme disease, which is kind of funny that it, it's taken the Massachusetts government <laughs> – state government this long to figure this out like like come on <laughs> really Did you need to wait for it to get this out of control to establish the fact that the more deer there are the more deer ticks there's going to be and the more Lyme disease cases you're going to have from people walking about in the woods so um in closing on this because i'm going to shorten this article just a little bit Massachusetts has an issue with this on their hands. They need to figure out a way to effectively control their deer population, and they're in a state that uh, they need to sort themselves out. They well, yeah. They, I mean, they, you know, they they've got to figure out a way to manage their deer population, and they obviously need to bring back some thoughtful and meaningful um, hunting regulations. You know, uh, unfortunately, in a state like Massachusetts, which you know. For you East Coasters out there, I'm sure you're well aware of the fact that you got how populated you guys are and how urbanized the East Coast states are. Right. You know, that's it's going to be a difficult proposition, but this is one of those things like you guys got to figure it out at some point, you know. But uh, indeed, good sir, indeed. You guys have any comments on that? Uh, on that story? Right, I know you got some chimes on this one. Yes and no. I mean, when the Lyme disease gets out of control, not only is it going to affect the deer, but it could affect your... Um, God, why am I echoing back to myself? <laughs> it could affect your home animals, your dogs, cats, and all that. So make sure that you always take care of them with the different flea and tick medications. Uh, just precautionary things and make sure you always check yourself because like john mentioned if you get um lyme disease <laughs> you're gonna you're... have a tough time yeah it's not good um other than that if you, i will say if you catch it early enough with lyme disease it is treatable but it's a matter of catching it and ca checking yeah the, catching it is not always the most reliable though because some people develop the infamous bullseye um, right. after being bit. Some people do not. Some people do not exhibit any signs or symptoms that they've caught it until they actually develop the disease itself and it's actually progressed. So <clears throat> if you suspect that, if you if you know that you've been bitten by a tick, the best thing you can possibly do is just go in and get checked out by a doctor and be cautious and start taking the meds anyways mm -hmm. because you you don't want this disease, guys. It's it it will ruin your life. I that's, promise that, you. That's why I say it is to check your pets as well, or even if you're in Massachusetts or in that area or anything, even around here. If you go out trail riding with your horses or anything, make sure you check them as well. Absolutely, same thing on my side of the state here in Primeville and in Central Oregon and the Ochcos. We we have a set tick season. It's not an all year thing that we deal with. It's our tick season is in the spring, 
Um, so when you're out and about in the woods over here, if you're out and about in the springtime, you definitely, most of the locals, we try to stay away from being out in the woods in the springtime. Right. Because it's, uh, my roommate and I, we've taken his dog out for a walk during the springtime and come back with like five ticks on him. Yeah. You know, but we have a season for it and thank God we're not in season right now. So. Just be aware when you get back is all. No matter where you're at, be aware of it. Be aware of different things that are out there that ticks can carry. Absolutely. Justin, Josh, you got it? You know, I mean, y'all pretty much covered it already. You know, there's really not much more to add on to. Just make sure you're checking yourselves, check your equipment. Uh, but, you know, it's, you know, when they talk about deer populations blowing up like this, you know, the article pretty much covers the bulk of it, but when you have, you know, when you have a population explosion like this, it really, it really boils down to mismanagement is what it is. And it's, and I won't completely say that it's total mismanagement. It's a fact that there's a lack of proper management is what, what, what I think it'd be something that would more fit it. Because it obviously uh, the Fish and Wildlife Division in Massachusetts needs to take a look again at their policies as far as uh, with how they control their hunts, uh, the amount of tags that they issue out for harvest, you know, and obviously, I mean, when you have, you know, how many deer did you say it was what, like almost 2,500 per square mile or something like that, 250 per square mile? Yeah, it's it's twenty five per square mile. Well, but still, it, that's that's a lot of deer, dude. I don't care where you are. Lots. That is a shit ton of deer. Absolutely no. I so the numbers were in the nineteen nineties about ten thousand deer east of Route four ninety five in Massachusetts. That's so about five deer per square mile. Today there are about fifty thousand deer in the same area, according to David Steinbrook blah, 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 that's 20 to 25 deer per square mile. And if you look at the map of this area that they're talking about mapping, Massachusetts is a tiny state, first of all. It's a small state. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The area that they're talking about is just a small sliver of this already tiny state. Yeah. So you got to think, like, you're, you're talking a state that's large county size for the state of Oregon. Oh, absolutely. In many ways. And the area that they're talking about is, like, the size of one of our cities, <laughs> landmass wise, and you're talking twenty to twenty five deer per square mile. Yeah, it's like this area. that it's and stuffing in, uh, you know, putting Portland and Eugene together. You know, yeah. as far as landmass size, it's basically, it's basically if according to the map, if you're looking at the the northern tip of Massachusetts, and then it encompasses Boston, and then down to what I would call the boot of Massachusetts where it goes out into the ocean there. Um, that's, that's the area you're talking about. It's not a very big area. Right. <laughs> you know, Jesse, Jesse Lane chimes in and says they can have more deer per acre due to size of the animal. Ours eat twice as much food just due to size. Well, you know, whitetail up at that part of the country, they're, they're pretty similar to what our blacktail are out here as far as size wise. You out there in the that's, east. Yeah. You out there the East Coast and stuff. It's not like you're looking at uh It's not you, like Idaho with whitetail. Idaho whitetail are tiny. Well, like it's like dog. you get down like Oklahoma and Texas too. 
They're like the size of a Doberman. That's about it. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, for more of our area that does have whitetail, which would be more in the Idaho side of things, there's whitetail out there, and they're like the size of a large dog. Yeah. Well, Seriously. I mean, even out there, you know, the mouth of the Columbia too. On both the Oregon yep. and Washington side, he got those Columbia whitetail, and they're they're not very big. You put one side by side next to a Columbia blacktail, and they're yeah, size. they're nowhere near the same size. East Coast whitetail though, and down south, they get pretty like good size, man. Big animals. Exactly. So, I mean, it's not just those are insanely small. They allow two harvester tag. Uh. Like I said, it just depends on what, you know, what area you're in, what region you're in. You know, I mean, there's a big difference between, like, let's say Oklahoma whitetail versus, you know, like a Florida whitetail as a prime example. You know, yes, they're the same species, but as far as, like, subspecies and stuff like that, I mean, there's, yeah, there's a big size difference between the two, so... Absolutely. So that's that's about all I got for the outdoor segment. Um, so with that, you guys, if you guys have any uh, suggestions or stuff that you guys want to see on the outdoor segment, please hit me up at my email at jtoll at backwardsvets.com. Again, um, shout out to our sponsor, Eric's Armory. If you haven't yet, please go check them out. They are amazing. They can handle all of your weapons needs. Case in point, High techs rifle that he got today. Yes, so, absolutely. All you got to do is look at that. Look at the earlier set or earlier weekend review and see his rifle. And that is the kind of work that they will help you do. Like they helped Josh build that today, or not today, yesterday, right? Today? No, it's today. Oh, this it's morning, ten thirty this morning. <laughs> so today, guys, like that was built today. Today, Junior, as well as the RCF rifle as well. Both the RCF rifle. Jesse from Eric's Armory, who's in the comments, has helped me fumble my way through adding part after part after part to my current AR. And then I will keep you guys posted as to a project that's of mine that's going to be coming up here in the near future. Yeah, so we'll just leave it at that for now. Um, and yeah, please go check them out. Check out their Instagram feed at Eric's Armory dot or at Eric's Armory. Same thing on Facebook at Eric's Armory. Um, they can handle all of your tactical shooting needs and hunting supply needs, whatever your heart desires for shooting needs. They have it. They can help you out. Um, and also while you're at it, there's going to be an announcement from TFO, as I understand it, from Jesse that Jesse reminded me about in the upcoming days okay Alrighty then so uh anyways yeah that's your outdoor segment for this week guys uh thank you for watching and i will hand it back to you mr j-dub all righty all right good sir well now we're done with the outdoors let's move on to our next segment which is your favorite of mine known as signs and headlines hit it good sir leroy jenkins it's time for Signs in the Headline Fields right here on BB Nation Radio. This is the best thing I've fucking heard all day. So props and kudos to Miss Mariah for helping pitch in on some of these tonight. 
Just got to throw that out there. Thanks. So, first one. Yeah. <laughs> McDonald's. Try their bacon lube. Okay. Bacon lube. Bacon lube. Hey, hey Mariah, do you think maybe that'd go good in your uh, your little kit you carry around? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> hey, you know what though? Like, hey, this is this is for all those people that are all holistic and about homeopathic natural solutions to everything. Here you go. Here's your here's your natural homeopathic right. bedroom lubricant. Exactly. Lube. Guys will come for days with this. Bacon butter. <laughs> you, know what, you know what's in my animal first aid kit? I do. Not really. It has two letters. <laughs> Do I want to know? Anyways, that's why I said it's go good in my kit. Hey, why? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Kentucky, what? Yeah, Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky. <laughs> Jerry might like that too much, though, Josh. Oh, Jesus. Horrible. <laughs> you guys are horrible. Just saying. But it's not edible bacon flavor. I'm just saying. Yeah, see, this is natural. There, there might be a bacon flavor out it. there. You could eat this lube. Bacon. <laughs> I mean, they have warming and all sorts of different stuff. So who knows? Maybe they have bacon flavored. You Dude, if they have bacon flavored, too. guys would be buying that shit for days going, here, honey, we're going to use this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> what? And, yeah, and, yeah, no, hey, no longer does it taste like chicken. <laughs> taste like bacon. Probably, guess what? She gets her added dose of protein for the day, too. <laughs> nice. Uh, All right. What's our next one there? <laughs> Lover's Lane. It's a dead end. Yeah. Yeah. It's yep. inevitable. Yeah. It is inevitable. Oh, you know what? Wait a minute. What what's going on here? Um, there apparently is there bacon is flavor. Bacon lubricant flavor. Yes, and <laughs> Mariah found it. I told you. Yeah, buddy, that is awesome. John is looking it up right now, and, and he's placing an order. And there's bacon flavored yes. toothpaste as well. I don't know what? if I can do the bacon flavored toothpaste. I do uh. it once. Yeah, I uh. do it once just to try it, but. Oh, I just, yeah. I like my minty fresh toothpaste. Oh. Sorry. Right there, good sir. Right but there. But anyhow, back to Lover's Lane being a dead end. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else feels that way. Maybe maybe constitutional it... overloader feels that way. Maybe what do you a... think? <laughs> maybe it's a dead end because they're not using bacon lube. But hey, you know what? Everything ends in a dead end. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Yes. Yes. If you you know, if you live a successful life at the end of your life, you die, which is a dead end. Constitution okay. Overlord says it smells like fish, but tastes like pig. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and he replied sometimes to uh, Lover's Lane being a dead end. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, I sure hope she doesn't see you say that. Oh my god, that's awesome! All right, <laughs> which hey, Lover's Lane leaves to breakfast in the morning. That's at right, Eggs and Bacon <laughs> Street. Bacon Street. <laughs> I want to live on this street. That's awesome. Right? I guess that's where you go for breakfast every morning. You have to live on bake eggs and bacon street. So it wasn't a lover's dead end because of the bacon lube. Good point. Good point. You're noticing the trend here that I went with were these ones here. Yeah. Uh -huh. I see this. <laughs> 
And then, thank you, Mariah, for sending this one in. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Fuckers. World. <laughs> World's greatest hamburgers. 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 How coincidental is that? <laughs> Either it's a really funny electrician or yeah. I'm guessing it's probably the electrician. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh wow. Yeah, it's something like your dad might do. <laughs> <laughs> Sad no. thing is like oh, maybe. No. Depends uh, on how he was feeling that day. Yeah, he 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 likes to get a little froggy. Maybe, maybe around you guys, but not me. Uh, I can see him doing that to your guys' competitor there, high tech. Yeah. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, splash and dash car wash. Best hand job in town. Yeah. Oh, Is that so I can God. wash the bacon lube off? <laughs> Sorry, you got me stuck on this now. What? To be fair. Um. She really has the bacon lube on her mind now. I, do. I know, right? <laughs> see bacon lube in your future. I'm guessing probably so. Better be careful around dogs when you're trying to bite your nuts off. <laughs> no no scout. No. <laughs> no, that's not peanut butter flavored. So scout would leave you alone. Ooh, check and see if they have peanut butter flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you have me looking this up. Why not? But what if it's your own dog? <laughs> Oh man! Here we go to the conversations that have already been had on that subject. Right. Oh man, this was classic. <laughs> this I don't know as a fail or this must be a Florida somewhere. Handicap Florida man. <laughs> no, that hill's hey, way too big hey, for Florida. Hey, Papa Dubs. Yo. Are you serious? They have it. <laughs> same, same, same manufacturer of the bacon. Does peanut butter? Peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> so, this hill, Justin, there, there's one flaw with your assessment of it being Florida. That hill is bigger than any hill in Florida. Okay, so, that's got to be like South Africa or something. <laughs> I can see it there. Or maybe, I don't know, we'll have to get Bill Gamble that on the like, line. That, that looks like somewhere in Europe, to be quite honest. But there is now here at the bottom of it. So. We know who else we got to get for total confirmation on this. We got to get a hold of our buddy, uh, Bill Gammon. Yep. Actually, no. Because you know Bill Gammon, he's our boy down under, and he would know. That's what I was saying. That's what I was just about to say is Australia. <laughs> Australia. 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 All the right. only thing that's missing is the dude with the wheelchair should be holding a Foster's beer. Foster's <laughs> <laughs> oh, Australian for beer. Oh my god! Leave it to a freaking limey to freaking start that duel with the freaking Aussies. <laughs> Just saying. Speaking of handicaps, walk only. That's messed up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that messed up though. Is that messed up or is that methed up? That's borderline messed up. I'm just saying. Right, <laughs> constitutional overlord, handicap play zone. <laughs> Talk about the last one. <laughs> oh, speaking of meth, to let your worries kill you, let the church help. United Methodist Church. Okay, so the church is going to help kill you. Got it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you are already dying, so you know. Take a look at what the Catholics did. I'm just saying. Turn it out there. 
<sighs> Anyhow, <laughs> dick brick. What? <laughs> dick Obviously brick. not your dad's Lego store. <laughs> uh, apparently this is mom's Lego store. <laughs> something. You'll find your dick brick replica of uh, Magic Mike or something. Oh, Jesus. Hey, you know, so we saw a meme here earlier tonight during pre-production. I thought it was hilarious. And it was a Twitter feed. And the one guy says, hey, by the way, so you know, uh, Magic Mike grossed 184 or 174 million at the box office. So if you think your girls are into dad bods, better think again. And then somebody replied, hey, just so you know, Shrek grossed in 464 million just so we're straight. <laughs> so well, yeah. obviously the dad bod is not that bad so, yeah but at the same time you gotta look at the demographics of who went to go see Shrek and then <laughs> families what, that were what, what are you saying what are you saying yeah what are you saying John what, what, what am I saying that's what we're trying Come I on. don't even know what I'm saying so. <laughs> what the, yeah, what the yeah. hell <laughs> Look at the, de well, okay, so seriously, look at the demographic. Like, you would have to look at the demographics of who saw what movie. Were there more there single females that went to go see Magic Mike? Or were there more single females that went to go see... Bunch Shrek? of baby mamas. It could be half and half anymore these days. You don't know. See, the thing is about Magic Mike is that's all just fantasy and pretend. But, you know, taking their kids to Shrek, you know they put out. Just Very true. Just throwing it out oh, there. I'm just throwing it out there. There's multiple things that you would have to look at with that. So I can see both ends of it. Anyhow, moving right along. Nuclear. Nuclear. So this must be how Spider-Man was born. Nuclear power plant and spider farm. <laughs> the nuclear spider. Only difference is that his spider suit glows green. <laughs> 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 Not if you watch the new Spider miniseries Pig. on Spider HBO. <laughs> <laughs> what Get were you saying, John? So, not if you watch the new miniseries on HBO about the Chernobyl accident. I highly suggest everybody should watch it because it's incredibly accurate. But uh, I got to say, the first episode of that, dealing with the Chernobyl nuclear power plant disaster, was more terrifying than any horror movie that I've ever watched. Hmm. It was that nail-biting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jay says, way to ruin it, Sapper. Well, about time you show up, Miss Waterfall. Jeez. I know, right? Took her long enough. What did I ruin? Oh, I have no idea, but I think she's going to let you know here in just a minute in the comments. So what did I ruin, Jade? Please tell me. I would like right. to know. I'm just here. I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> Any <laughs> What are you sorry? What are you going off about over there? High tech's over here eating chocolate chip cookies. Dum 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 dum. And I made the comment to him as his s'mores once they got, he can have them. They're nasty. They taste like coconut. They taste like coconut. And like somebody put too much coconut oil on and then rolled around in it before they made s'mores. By the way, John, Jade says a dad bod, asshole. <laughs> or asshole. I've got the ultimate dad bod right now that I'm trying to get rid of. Thank you so much. So, anyhow, moving on with our next photo. 
Maybe. Josh issues. is typing. Issues. <laughs> uh, Josh is just replying to a waterfall. <laughs> oh, my God. Those pesky preachers. I'm telling you. Uh, caution. Oh. <laughs> it just now caught your attention. <laughs> I was reading comments, and then I looked up, and I'm really regretting having looked up. <laughs> Some things you can never unsee. Speaking oh, of man. looking up. <laughs> uh, the poor little altar boy. Run, dude, run! <laughs> Obviously a Catholic priest. So. Just saying. Probably. That's why I said those pesky preachers. Just saying. And moving right along. Yes, and moving right along. PSTS, caution, vehicle may be transporting political promises. I'm Donald Trump. <laughs> no, they, they can keep those. Pennsylvania Septic Tank Services. Yeah, well, <laughs> Bruh. They, they, got the, they got the slogan right. <laughs> I hope all of our viewers watched the, speaking of political, I hope all of our viewers watched the video that I posted of the twins. Oh my god, dude! Hey, Francis, I, I, I missed that one. The hot, the Hodgson yes. twins. Yeah, I think I missed. That oh one. yeah, dude. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh my god! You want me to sell it to you? What <laughs> <laughs> to sell it? <laughs> Francis, your meatloaf and <laughs> mashed potatoes is ready, Francis. Oh, slamming on Beto O'Rourke. No, don't even call him that anymore. His name is Robert oh, Robert Francis. Francis. Come get your meat, little Francis. That just sounds disgusting. Oh, because... dork, so. Never mind. I'm not... No, no, go ahead. What, Mariah? So you should even put bacon on meatloaf when you make it. Nah, it happens. You can put All bacon right. on it for And next, what do we got? Caution, pedestrian slippery when wet. <laughs> Only if he used to bake and lube. Oh my god! <laughs> With pumpkin spice s'mores? <laughs> or after peanut they, butter. After they rolled in the coconut oil. Wait, wait for it, wait for it. And, yep. Roll yeah. it in coconut oil first. <laughs> oh that's my what they taste like. God. Next one, Josh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at the look at the license plate. <laughs> it's on the minivan. What does it say? And it's handicap, and the license plate reads, Timmy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you, that one. Oh that my is god. Pretty Love awesome. It. That was great. Handicap on a minivan that reads, Timmy. Timmy. <laughs> Now I'm just waiting for the sports car to come pull up beside him with a handicap on it that says, Jimmy! Jimmy! Tell it all! Oh, man. If door does not open, do not enter! You don't say! So that's how that works. Got it. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. Bruh. Nuh-uh. Bruh. All right. And next... And that is it. Wow. Those are some entertaining ones this week, man. Woo. Only needs to be from Sia. I don't care who you are. That's just funny right there. 
Right? <laughs> Jay Lopez says best play ever. It needs to be from it needs to be from South Park, Colorado, though. Oh, I know, dude. If that was a Colorado plate, you'd be like, "Yes, that's awesome." Winning, Timmy. That's it, Jade. You have your mission now. Must go complete it. Yeah, you need to get a need to go get a vanity plate that says Timmy or Jimmy, or if you have two people, better yet, both. Yeah, yeah. Do one Timmy, one Jimmy. Timmy now. Timmy now. all right now we've burned up enough time on that one uh let's go ahead and jump into our news shall we all right so i know we've been advertising that we we have this killer interview that we're supposed to be doing and i promise you it is going to happen. We're just finishing up working out the details on it. So that's it, why the episode is titled The Best Laid Plans Go to Hell. Exactly. So without further ado, I believe Miss Mariah. So in the meantime, we're, we're giving you filler stories. So you got to bear with us. So Mariah, I think you had the first one. Yes. All right. Go for it. I got to find it first. You guys have me what do you lube. What? <laughs> I didn't have you looking up lube. You well, I looked yourself. Well, I texted him grin on his face. <laughs> like, oh. And he told me to get you the peanut butter one. No, no. Peanut butter lube is for him. He's the one that has the issue with the peanut butter and the dog. <laughs> Wait, did I just say it on the air? Yes. God. Sorry, Josh. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyhow, moving right along, as the man once said. Yeah. Coast Guard searches for four crew members missing from overturned cargo ship. Okay. Um, in Burnswick, Georgia. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like laughing at high tech. He just came in and glared at you. It'll be all right. It'll buff Anyways, out. Burnswick, Georgia. Just Did- requires a dog tongue. Sorry. (laughs) Can I get through this? The U.S. Coast Guard says rescuers are looking for four crew members who are unaccounted for after a vessel overturned near a Georgia port. Damn, dude. The Golden Ray cargo ship ran into trouble early Sunday when it it listed heavily... In St. Simon Sound. Dude, look at the freaking... Look at the... Yeah. <laughs> this ship is not straight. It is like all... Over the Coast Guard side, says that man. there were 23 crew members and one pilot on board. But all but four crew members have been safely evacuated from the ship. A 600... Great success. A 656-foot vehicle, car, vehicle carrier even talk tonight. The Coast Guard says it was notified by a 911 call at about 2 a.m. of a capsized vessel in the sound. The cause is still under investigation. The Port of Burnswick has established an emergency safety zone in St. Simon's Sound. Vessels are not authorized within a half a mile of the Golden Ray vessel, which is laying on its side and on fire. Oh, and this was as of um, it was today this morning. So damn. 
Yeah. Hi, Tech's going to try and put that photo up. Yeah, because that's brutal, man. It didn't say how many vehicles it was carrying either. But I tell you what, though, I mean, you look at this thing, and it's, uh, I'm surprised the bridge and stuff has yet to go over and be underwater. But I mean, just. I don't know how it hasn't overturned yet. Look at that thing. I mean, that, that's obviously a view from the stern, but. Well, they said they got the call at 2 a.m. this morning. Yeah, but this. at least they got everyone off board. Except for four people who have been unaccounted for. Uh-oh. You didn't get that part? No, I missed that part. So the Coast Guard says there are 23 crew members and one pilot on board. All but four crew members have been evacuated safely. Damn, So dude. there's still four that are not accounted for. They're in there um, somewhere. Uh, yeah, and apparently it's on fire now, is that? Yes, it is on fire still? now. Uh-oh. Yep. Damn, Daniel. So they've been putting a bar then those floating oil barriers out half a mile around the ship. I feel like a certain llama might be responsible for this. Carl! <laughs> Carl, what did you do? Responsible for this. From firing a harpoon into the captain's face. Carl, <laughs> oh, what did you do? Yeah. By the way, oh, that kills people. Yeah, which, which, by the way, you hear that? That's the sound of forgiveness. <laughs> sound of people screaming. People. And then silence. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Mariah. I said, my thoughts go out to the family of those four, and hopefully they're found. Yep, exactly. Scary time. And I actually kind of feel like an asshole for making light of the situation now. And hopefully no do. one was injured on it. So... Well, I, guarantee, I, I guarantee you, if they have four people missing, chances are someone's probably jacked up, especially if they were below deck. And if that's a vehicle hauler and they were yes. they had cargo coming into port and that yes. thing went on its side, something probably snapped. Because I guarantee you, not all those rigs are sitting where they were when that thing went over. Probably not, since it said in the article, find it here. Um... Sorry, I'm trying to skim quickly. Ran into terribly terrible trouble early Sunday when it listed heavily to one side. What the hell was that? Uh, so. Sorry, it's a uh, it was a video that started. Oh, gotcha. So. Looking at this, all freaking tipped over and everything that are going around it. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. So, All right. Constitutional Overlord says uh, that ship is tired and taking a nap. <laughs> it's just sleepy. It's sleeping. Give it a while. It had a long trip across the ocean. It's taking a nap, okay? Just it's a sleep ship. So, with that story, with that story <sighs> and with J-Dub, that... what do you have? Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my goodness. There's another picture of it during daylight. Whoa! It's, uh, it's definitely on fire. Yeah. Fire! I think it looks yeah, like it's still got like... its. Is this freaking screw still spinning? Because oh. it looks like it's chopping up a wake behind it or something. Like it's just spinning in circles like a wounded duck. I don't know. Uh, at least from that picture, it does. <laughs> I'm doing my lean, man. I'm leaning whoa. into my turn. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? What? Jade Lopez just stole my saying that I've been saying for like the last week. Look at the comments. What? Get out of my head, you. 
Look at me. Look at me. I am the captain. <laughs> Literally, I've been sure saying this for weeks now. She pops off with it. That is awesome. <laughs> I was going to say, you were just going off on that before the show started. <laughs> that is awesome. Brad. All right. So, anyhow, moving on to our next story. This one comes to us out of American Military News. And the reason why I headline reads... American Jordanian soldiers conduct medevac training. Well, there, there's a reason why I went with this story. Because normally stories like this are like, yeah, all right, whatever, no, you know, yeah, we're training with other services again. Big deal. Well, the thing about it is that if you've been if you're from out here in the Pacific Northwest and so you've been paying attention, and haven't been living under a rock, members of the 41st Infantry Brigade, which is the Oregon National Guard, a lot of those guys are heading to Jordan to go train with Jordanian military as far as bringing them up to snuff, as far as like infantry standards and things like that. It's been posted all over the media, uh, at least locally. So this one, it it's, this is what our guys are going to be doing. If you, so if you're from the area and you have family that's in one of the infantry battalions here in the state of Oregon, these are the people that they're going to go train with. So talk a little bit about the story. So, Anyhow, Jordanian and American, soldier, American soldiers partnered together to conduct medical evacuation drills for the first time with the U.S. Army Reserve Aviation Asset during several days in August. The training allows soldiers from the Jordan Armed Forces uh, 7th Mechanized Infantry Battalion, medics and pilots from the U.S. Army Reserve 5th Battalion, 159th Aviation Regiment, and medics with the New Jersey Army National Guards, 1st Squadron, 102nd Cav Regiment, 44th Infantry Brigade Combat Team, Task Force Spartan, God, that's a mouthful, to work together for the first time. Uh, the Army Reserve Aviators and Medics are participating in Exercise Ear Lion 2019, which is U.S. Cent uh, CENTCOM's premier exercise in the Levant region that provides U.S. forces, Jordan Armed Forces, and 28 other participating nations the opportunity to improve their collective ability to plan and operate in coalition-type environment. Now you know why the military uses a lot of acronyms. <sighs> right? That's a prime example right there. So I'm not going to get... Jordanian. What's that? Jordanian. Yeah. What about it? I don't know. What? <laughs> You're like... Jordanian. Okay, what about him? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Anyhow, so... John, are you drinking again? Yes, he is. Actually, I've only had one beer tonight, but so it's public knowledge on social media. It's not just Jordan that the 41st is going to. But. No, it's not, but that's... Oh, excuse OPSEC. Me. You know, it's not OPSEC. It's, it's not, public knowledge. Yeah, it's public release. It's already been publicly oh, released as okay. far as that part. I see. So there are other locations that they are going that, yeah, we're not going to discuss. So anyhow, but yeah, so that's that's one of the big ones. So And the thing about it is that our Oregon guys are going to do the same thing that these other guys have already been doing, except they're doing infantry tactics and drills versus doing the medevac portion So that these guys have been doing. So it, it's, it's kind of cool to see how working with other countries – comes into play, you know, especially when you're doing a coalition type uh, exercise, you know, it comes into play when you're doing stuff like when you see drills that they talk about 
taking place over in like South Korea or, you know, like this one here. And that type of training is what we use when we go to places like Afghanistan or Kosovo as a prime example. You know, those are two prime examples as far as real world missions. So, uh, is it still OPSEC if it was in Oregon Live listed deployments? Well, no. it's already been, yeah, it's been released by the PR department. So, yeah, if I, the, didn't, I didn't know it had been released. If the public, if the public affairs uh, officers have already released it, then yeah, I mean, technically it still could fall under the definition of OPSEC, but if it's already been publicly released, it's obviously not well, mission critical. So yeah, they, they've released the general country locations. They haven't released specific geographic area locations yeah. within said countries that the units, particular battalions and companies are going to be at. Correct. But as far as the four countries that the brigade is going to have been released. Yes. To public knowledge. So, yep, that they have. So Which one of them I'd almost consider re-enlisting just to go to. Right. You and me both. But unfortunately, I yeah, those are already filled. So yeah, because I have not been to Kosovo yet. Exactly. So anyhow, so I'm not really going to get into a whole lot of that story because it's just talking about bringing uh, in people saying, "Oh, how this is how great it is going back and forth between Jordanians and Americans." So, but that's mm -hmm. basically the general gist of that one. So, anyhow, moving along to our last news story before we get into our favorite part of the show. Yeah. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. this one also comes out of American Military News. Sailor killed at Pearl Harbor returns home to Iowa after nearly 78 years. Wow. This report originally published at DV, oh, DVID's Hub and is reprinted in accordance with DVID's guidelines and copyright guidance. Okay. Nearly 80 years after the attack on Pearl Harbor that thrust the United States into World War II, a sailor killed in action aboard the ill-fated USS Oklahoma finally returned home to Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Signalman third class William J. Shanahan Jr. followed in the footsteps of his father, a Navy veteran from the First World War, and enlisted in 1940. The USS Oklahoma was moored at Pearl Harbor when Japanese aircraft attacked on December 7, 1941. Shanahan was 23 years old. His youngest sister, Mary Lou Pierce, was just five years old when he enlisted, upset because it meant he would miss her upcoming birthday. Now 84, Pierce was finally able to say goodbye to the brother who left home decades earlier. For several years after the Oklahoma capsized, Navy personnel worked to recover remains, but only 35 individuals were identified. The rest were classified as non-recoverable and later interred in Hawaii, but in 2015, Defense POW slash MIA accounting agency personnel exhumed the USS Oklahoma unknown remains for analysis. And on 31 May 2019, Shanahan's remains were identified using advanced technological or technology and DNA provided by Pierce. My mom really wanted to honor her parents' wishes, said Carmen Pierce, Shanahan's niece. They never gave up hope he would return home. Sailors from Navy Operational Support Center, Rock Island, served as a primary command to provide military honors and first received their remains on August 30th, four days later. Flags across the state of Iowa flew at half-mast by direction of the governor to honor Shanahan on the day of the funeral. 
family, friends, and community at large converged at St. Patrick Catholic Church, the parish Shanahan attended as a boy. Uh, Hospital Corpsman First Class and Jones, a volunteer escort with Navy Mortuary Affairs in Millington, Tennessee, stayed with Shanahan every step of the way. We ensure that each sailor makes a home to their family, explained Jones. It is the most humbling thing I've ever done in my career. And talks more about the process with how they go about that. Uh, overall, somebody finally got to go home. So, you know, glad to see that. Glad to see them finally. Exactly. It, it's cool to see how now we have the ability and the tools to be able to identify remains like that, even when they're, you know, eight, all, coming up on 80 years old now. Wow. You know, so it's good to finally be able to put our, you know, our dead to rest at home where they Absolutely. would want to be. So, and it's, and for these service members that are going through and doing this, it is a huge honor for them. You know, all the way from when you first put them on board an angel flight, you know, from Iraq or Afghanistan to send them home or a situation like this in Hawaii where they're finally able to identify the remains to those that go into places like Vietnam, North Korea, and, you know, as well as in Europe and throughout the Pacific to be able to send our, you know, our, bring our dead home and give the, give the families that closure finally. So it's cool to see stuff like this. It really is. So kudos to them. Mm -hmm. So thoughts on that one, John? No, I think it's amazing. I, I, it's a an awesome, uh, you know, win for um, recovery efforts for the, you know, the KIAs in Pearl Harbor and also in World War II in general. And that gives hope for, you know, uh, Korean War veterans and, you know, the, the ones that they lost in the Korean War because there's still lots of service men and women that have not ever been identified from the Korean war. Indeed. It's like when I was, uh, when I was in college, I actually had one of my instructors, uh, his older brother was actually, uh, in world war two. And he was lost in the Philippines during the initial Japanese invasion there. When they actually pushed McCarthy off, off the Philippines, when he stood there on the beach and said that he would be back. Uh, yeah. he died during that, that battle. And they're still to this day, as far as I'm aware of, uh, they're still trying to find him. So it doesn't surprise me. I mean, you think about the mass numbers of people that were killed in the Pacific, especially the Pacific theater. You know, a lot of people don't uh, realize, especially in World War II, the Pacific theater was European theater was brutal. Don't get me wrong, but the the Pacific campaign was an entirely different ballgame. Oh yeah, it was a it was Reality a way Pacific. more savage beast. Way the savagery and the brutality in the Pacific was far and above, at least in the day-to-day -day combat operations, was far and above anything that you had in Europe. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's right. it's it's a miracle that any KIAs were really pulled and found. You know, unless they were, you know, unless your buddy died right next to you, it's it's an incredible feat that most people were identified in the Pacific campaign so right so anyhow so that wraps up that story so without further ado 
We're going to go ahead and jump into our last segment known as W of the Week. Hit it, good sir. I'll spell it for you. D-U-M-M-Y. Shut up, dummy. You big dummy. For every man, there's a woman. And for every dummy, there's a dummy. And now, your dummy of the week on DV Nation Radio. Ah, yes. And this one comes to us out of our favorite state and yours, none other than... Florida. Florida. That's right. (laughs) Russell Bannister posed as a handyman to rob the elderly, flees the state, and is found posing as a pastor collecting hurricane relief funds. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So they said, oh, Volusia County. Yeah, I know, right? Volusia County, what should have been a series of simple renovation projects has led to the arrest of Florida man Russell Bannister. According to reports, Bannister was a handyman scam artist who took about $21,378 from several victims over the last 30 days. They said that Bannister's victims were usually elderly residents of Edgewater and Daytona Beach. He would visit victims' homes and identify himself as a handyman. Victims would pay him to make repairs around the home. In one instance, Bannister visited the home of a 78-year-old woman on Ormond Beach after identifying himself as a handyman. He was invited inside the home. He gave an estimate to paint, repair, and install new flooring in the woman's home. He said he needed $1,100 upfront payment for materials, so the woman paid him in cash using funds from her bedroom. Bannister then reportedly showed up at the woman's home unannounced, claiming he could not reach her by phone. He told the victim to walk outside with her telephone while he called her to test her phone service. She did so, but discovered after Bannister left that her remaining $6,900 in cash was missing from her bedroom. Don't! Damn. Yeah. He has four other active fraud theft investigations against him in Volusia County. Police said these cases involved him and an accomplice offering to pressure, wash, or paint the victim's home for a price. Instead of actually doing so, he steals cash and checks and never even starts the work. Bannister also ran from the sheriff's deputy who spotted him on the latest victim's home. He was not immediately located. Deputies of South Carolina later found him posing as a pastor, collecting funds for tornado victims. Russell Bannister was reportedly arrested on several charges of exploiting a vulnerable adult, burglary, and assault slash battery on a law enforcement uh, officer. Wow. Not only is this guy dummy of the week, he is a dickhead. <laughs> right? He's a dickhead. A he, class he, A dickhead. He is a grade A douche. I'm just saying, why would you do this? I mean, it just... It, it blows my mind why people would do this. And the fact that you do it multiple times and you're okay. First, a handyman is one thing. I, I can let that one go. Like, all right, whatever. He's just right. You're running the mill con. Okay. I can get that. But when Don't put that elderly in it, well, no, it's not even so much as that you go as a pastor, you freaking, <laughs> you impersonate a pastor and try to collect money to help out with tornado victims. You, sir, went from you you just got downgraded from dummy to douche. Period. 
That, oh my god. I'm sorry, Chad. You get Chad Judy, you guys can get mad at us all you want for stealing your freaking tagline. But this guy is a douche of the week. I'm just saying. Straight up. I mean he he's dummy and douche. Douche dummy. I don't know. I mean He's a scumbag. This guy's a scumbag. Right? He is a literal he is scum. Like I I yeah. Yeah, it, it's amazing what people will, will do and try to get away with to scam other people to not earn an honest day's wage, you know. And uh, it, it's it's really sad what society comes to, um, you know, and, and the things, truthfully, that, that drugs and alcohol, you know, take a big effect on. Because, I mean, truthfully, that's, that's what, you know, is part of the whole, you know, thing with a lot of the crimes and, and thefts and things of that nature is you know somebody's addictions or or whatnot and uh you know just takes them down that uh down into that hole and makes them do these these stupid stupid things exactly and there's, and there's really no excuse for it you know yeah free your bryce roberts nailed it on the head he's a real double d <laughs> just say <saying. laughs> i mean he just oh my god this guy just looks like a freaking Winner, winner, uh-huh. chicken dinner. He looks like that. I did do it. Uh, it wasn't me. He's a oh, put guy. his mug up. Let's see it. Oh uh, his mug is like... Uh, he, this guy. Looks like someone tried to slap him upside the face. <laughs> it's just like... That face? Let's see that mug shot. I don't even know how to describe this guy. I mean, he just... He looks like a... Like, if Patrick from Spongebob had a love <laughs> child with I don't know what some sort of cartoon there you go, cartoon character there you go. <laughs> right you see what I mean though They're right <laughs> okay so at one point like I get the whole handyman bit but if this dude approached me and was like hey I'm a pastor I'm collecting uh, money from for uh, tornado hurricane victims, I'd be like, "No, you're not." Yeah, I'd be like, get real, lie. dude. Be like, you are not. What's even worse is that you look at this guy. Not only does he look like a retarded live-action friggin' Patrick stunt double from SpongeBob SquarePants, but with the way that his shirt's sitting, the guy looks like he's a friggin' the the worst half of a friggin' set of Siamese twins. The other head just finally fell off. I mean, just saying, look at this guy. <laughs> I mean, this... he's definitely got like. The dad pissed off look. That's not even the dad. No That's way. like the retard Mongo strength type of friggin' me, me Mongo, me steal people's money. Me, me, Jacob Pastor. Uh, wow. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, thank you very much, Josh. Do appreciate you throwing that up for our viewers. I think he's planning you know, on leaving it up in my space <laughs> <laughs> even waterfalls like wow that's one ugly dude right just saying did he eat the cash <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he called it his salad for the day instead of a salary it's a saladry saladry <laughs> fair enough good sir fair enough so all right well that brings us up to well nine minutes before the top of the hour so with that being said, want to go ahead and give a shout out one more time to our sponsors. First off, to our sponsors over at Warrior Point. 
Warrior Point with an E.org. Be sure to go over and check those guys out. They have outstanding resources for veterans, and it's a great great way to reconnect with old battle buddies and make some new ones while you're at it. So, and the best part, it doesn't cost anything to join. So become part of the Uncommon Few. Have you joined? Uh, yes, I have. We've yeah. already been through this. If J could, J-Dub can do it, anyone can. By God. <laughs> okay. I don't dig it, by God. Look at me, I'm Florida man. <laughs> okay, anyways, continue on. Could be worse, could be roll tide. Go Tom Brady. Oh, I bet you have... roll tide. What's that? The Ohio I State bet University. He says roll tide. <laughs> the Ohio State University rolls tide. <sighs> Snorts tide? Pods? What? Anyhow. I don't I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like you don't know. Anyhow, thank you again to Warrior Point. Also, want to give a shout out to our sponsors, our outdoor segment sponsors of Eric's Armory and Eric's Armory.com. Whatever shooting, reloading, and tactical needs may be, Eric's Armory has you covered. Uh, and lastly, to our homepage of Backwoods Veterans, because without Backwoods Veterans Media, you wouldn't have BB Nation Radio. Anyhow, so with that being said, without further ado, final thoughts. John, you're up first. What do you got, brother? Hey guys, it is hunting season, especially for um, those of us that reside in the Pacific Northwest, um, especially here in Oregon. Bow season is in full swing right now. If you're out and about hunting, be safe. Um, make sure you're taking the necessary provisions with you out in the wilderness. Make sure you're shooting at an animal and bacon, not a bacon human lubricant. Being. Is that a necessity? Oh my god, bacon lubricant might be a necessity for hunting bears. It might help <laughs> in handy the shaft of the arrow penetrate deeper. Something oh <laughs> Boom. God. Explosion. Wow. Mind explosion. Anyways, if you guys are out and about hunting, seriously, though, please, on a serious note, please, please make sure that you are shooting at what you intend to shoot at. Um, Personally, that's I know Justin and I. We don't really wear blaze orange because people tend to shoot at whatever gets their attention. Um, but if you're one of those people that feels safer wearing blaze orange, please do. You know, um, just know what you're shooting at. Don't be a dumb dumb. Please don't shoot your fellow hunting buddy, especially oh, oh, with arrow. Now, I, I, now I have a question for you, real quick. How, hmm. how do you feel about the uh, pink flamingo camo? <laughs> what? You see yeah, that? Right you see that camo? It's like pink. Yeah, the the, yeah. the pink camo. P yeah, the, the the pink camo. What that's, do you think about that's that? That's Mariah's favorite. I know. No, she well, likes, whatever, I she likes the teal. She likes the teal camo. Do you want to wear pink? I think the one you're talking about, Josh, is called Muddy Girl. What? <laughs> that sounds like basic white girl. Muddy, yeah. muddy, muddy girl, huh? Put it sounds like mud cricket. Sounds like mud cricket. Anyway, sorry. But uh, no, seriously, whatever floats your boat camouflage-wise, like I said, J-Dub and I prefer not to wear blaze orange or any of that crap because a lot of people these days that don't know what they're doing tend to shoot out whatever moves and catches their attention. So uh, don't be that person. Don't be that dumb-dumb. Also, get up, get off your butt, get out in the outdoors in the wilderness, and not on Sunday nights, watch us. And with that, uh, that is my two cents for the evening. Mariah, what do you got? Um, a lot of stuff I could say. <laughs> Go on. Uh, the biggest one is we're coming into the winter 
start of the winter, fall, whatever you want to call it. We it's haven't even got into fall technically yet, but it's coming to fall. The rainy season starting to get here, so um, it's been raining here all day today, which I'm not a fan of. But make sure that if you're out and about, you have a dry jacket with you and a dry pair of socks or something if you're going to be outside, so you can at least keep your feet warm and dry. And also, if you're out driving, be careful with that side stuff right now. The oils on the roads are coming up, so it's getting kind of slick right now to drive out there. So just be aware of all that and be aware of the weather conditions changing. So, and also take care of the animals while your weather conditions changing. Make sure they have shelter where they can get out of the wind and rain. And if you have bacon lubricant, probably need some extra panties too, right? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> or peanut butter. In you, your you, case. Could, you could just do like I do every fall and winter. I keep a full change of clothes, an extra blanket, and a dry pair of shoes in my vehicle with me. And bacon grease? No. For humping bears. But, anyways, just be aware of the weather changing. So, humping bears, mountain cougars, fighting goats. High tech. <laughs> Your thoughts? My thoughts on humping bears? Sure. <laughs> or mountain cougars. I'll get you some peanut butter. <laughs> and you. don't forget about fighting goats. Oh, fighting goats. Oh, yes, we haven't we haven't talked about that. Mm-mm. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's uh, again get out. Uh, Get out of the house, get with your friends, get with your family. We're coming up on uh, Halloween uh, time here pretty soon, so we're going to have lots of uh, good old corn mazes and uh, and uh, different fun like that that can be had, yes. And pumpkin spice! Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> no. Somebody please play Basic White Girl right oh, now. Josh is already all over it, man. Oh, my God. Anyhow. Uh, yeah, so... Sorry, I just had to say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, get out there with, uh, get with the family, the friends, you know, all that. Go out and, and do something. Uh, you know, again, yesterday, you know, took off, went to, uh, a wedding. Actually met up with a bunch of coworkers and all that. And, um, you know, then today, meeting up with, uh, Eric up there at Eric's Armory. Uh, worked with my roommate on, uh, on the brakes on the truck, you know. Always doing something with somebody else. That's uh, really what I always try to do. That way I can stay the hell out of my own head and, and uh, well, <laughs> nobody wants to go in there. annoy somebody else, truthfully. So, uh, Waterfall wants to know if you're going to have a red uh, red front door light again there, high tech. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know this Duh. is a red light district. Come on. Roxanne! <laughs> That's like a standard. Pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, yeah. Well, and I've got the flame flickering light, too. That one's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have that one up here, too. So, anyway, that is all for me. Jada. I mean, Papa Duff. Papa <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you guys for all tuning in. Appreciate it. Also, while you still can, please get help us share the show. Get it out. Give us some reactions, whether it's the hearts, the laughs, the wows. <laughs> Are you trying to say something there, Josh? <laughs> I'm just asking. But you better hurry. Right. Uh, that that's his stay away from my daughter sound. I'm just saying. Yes. Is that <laughs> sound of what I thought it was? Yes, it was. Anyhow. Exactly. Anyhow, so guys, thank you all again. Do appreciate it. Love you guys. Remember, don't take a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Uh, it's there's more to life out there and the best thing about when you hit rock bottom there's nowhere to go but up 
Uh, to our boys uh, from here, the Oregon Guard, they're taking off for deployment. They're already gone to MOB and pre-MOB. Our hats off to you and stay safe. And we'll be thinking of you and holding the fort down for you guys till you get home. So looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. Anyhow, with that being said, don't forget to check out on ThreatCon 5 Radio tomorrow night at 7 o'clock Eastern right here on Vet Radio Syndicate. And until then, I will talk to you guys on Tuesday night for the Fence Line Country. So with that being said, I'm J-Dub. That's John. That's Mariah. Behind the scenes, we got the high tech. As you heard him racking the grounds earlier. And we will talk to you guys next week right here on BB Nation Radio. We gone. Have a good night, guys. This has been another episode of BB Nation Radio right here on VRS.